Father Jonathan, I think we're alone again. Father David, we are alone again. This is our our we're gonna we gotta regroup mm-hmm. and remember mm-hmm. who we are and what we're about. <laughs> That's right. So last week we had Father David Padanusha. That was a good conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really cool. Uh, and I hope we are able to. I think we're the plan is to have more guests on more frequently. But yeah, how did you totally. think it went? Well, uh, I had to listen back afterwards uh, to hear how it went because while we were recording, I was having some Wi-Fi problems, oh, and so the conversation. You're having a lot of problems. Yeah, and <laughs> most of them were Wi-Fi related, um, and I was I was struggling to follow the conversation as it was happening. But listening back over it, I thought it went really great, and it was really nice to hear him be so complimentary, saying that it was a helpful conversation to him. Because that's my hope is that this conversation can be helpful for right. more than just you know the two of us, you know, for anybody that's <laughs> right. Preparing right. for mass. Um, how about for you? How was it for you? I, I liked it a lot. You know, it we we've been doing this for a while now, and I think we've both kind of fallen into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can kind of guess what you're going to say about a particular <laughs> passage. No, you don't. Uh, you can't. Well, <laughs> but I think it's a good thing to like throw a wrench into the machine every so often and kind of s- switch it up. Like totally. it, it forces you outside of your comfort zone and you start to look at it in a different way. And I think that that's the beauty of scripture is that it's infinitely ch- not changeable, but uh, it's, it's an organic thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's mm-hmm. so many different perspectives that we might not even consider, but when you bring somebody in, that's not a part of the typical conversation, then they, then they have, you know, different insights and they'll have different points of views and perspectives that they can yeah. point yeah, out. Totally. So totally. I liked it. I thought it was great. Cool, man. Yeah, I look forward to doing it again with uh with both David and also other other priests that and yeah that might want to yeah do this with hopefully us. people will want to join us <laughs> totally we gotta put out the feelers about on that see what happens yeah. so tell me about today uh you probably didn't preach again I imagine no I didn't it's becoming a mm. uh, uh, a more I don't even know yeah I don't know I actually don't know S- scheduling Sundays has been uh, removed from my uh, job description for my duties. So, <laughs> all right. Not because well, I messed up or anything, but like it's just there's a there's a distinction that needed to be made, and it was made. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I don't actually know when I'm on the schedule next. I was supposed to be for next week, mm-hmm. but I think that's mm-hmm. been changed. Yeah. So okay. So for what it's worth, I mean, you could just have ideas of what you would have preached on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. I could prepare a homily. I mean, yeah. I am going to say mass today. <laughs> That's right. You know, there's a there's a priest that you and I both know that uh, has passed away, but he used to say uh, that he, well, he didn't say this, but one guy found out that he would always prepare a homily for any mass that he was going to, and he would a- have it in his breast pocket. Like he would just really? have it waiting for him. Uh, just, just in, in case. case. Yeah. <laughs> and it came in handy a few times because, wow. you know, and so he just pulls it out and he and he preaches. Um, no, but anyway, so yeah, the, uh, the preaching professor that, that David and I mentioned last week that we, that we both had made it, it was kind of his spiritual practice. Like it was part of his daily prayer to prepare a homily. Mm. Uh, and it, they were never, you know, super long. They were like three minute homilies. That was kind of what he te- taught us how to, how to do like condense it. David mentioned that it was kind of a Lexio Divina exercise. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it really kind of turned into his prayer, so that yeah, he prepared, he wrote a homily every single day. Wow, wow. You know, speaking of three minutes, really quick, I 
I preached today and I felt like I went long. Um, yeah. But I got to tell you, man, like, I don't know what it is that's happening to me, but I get super like self-conscious about the length of my homilies when <laughs> in truth, they are not that long. Like my homily right. was seven minutes. Uh huh. Which, which is a normal length. Yeah. It's a Sunday homily and it's, yeah, anyway, so I, I I could just feel myself starting to itch while I was at the podium. Yeah, like, that happens to me sometimes. Uh, yeah, where, where it's like, I, I've been talking for a while. I should probably yeah, sit down, yeah. you know? You know, and I get nervous. This is a weird thing. I, I've, uh, anyway, when people get really quiet and like are actually listening to what I'm saying, that's when I get <laughs> more nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, something's going to crash soon, uh-oh. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so for me, like I, so I got to preach today and it was great. But I was told you you won't be surprised by this. I was told last week at the end of mass that the mass was great. This is my first time at the parish. Mass was great, homily was great, but you got to slow down. Is what I was told. Oh, um, because speak too I, fast. I talk really quickly, and and I know that, and I do it in English and Spanish. I just talk very quickly, and, and if I get nervous, I speak even faster. So this week, yeah. my homily was probably you know five minutes long, but I just dragged it out. You know, a little bit. Just, not dragged it out, but just, just spoke a lot, a little slower. Start speaking more <laughs> yeah. slowly. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, don't do so that. seven minutes, which I thought was fine. Seven is a perfect time. Yeah. Cool, man. Anyway. Uh, what about this next week? Yeah. You know, we've got some iconic readings for, uh, for, the, for this next week. Mm-hmm. And continuing on this theme of the vineyard, you know, yeah. I really liked what we said yet last week about about cultivation and how this is, you know, God not only cultivates our hearts, but he also sends workers for us. Oh, totally. I love that. And I think that's such a beautiful image. And mm-hmm. now we've got, we've it's kind of turned again in the gospel, at least, uh, where Jesus is talking about this man with the two sons who say they're going to work. One says that he's going to work and doesn't, and the other that says he's not going to work and does. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said on the individuals themselves, and that's kind of like on the on the top level, on the surface level, like that's what he's talking about here. You know, which one was, um, what does he say? Uh, which which of the two did the father's will? Okay, the first, great, brilliant, mm-hmm. and that's great. There's a lot of meditation, I think, to be had with that uh, with that idea, with that image. But also, I think it goes even deeper into not just being well. Let's not just focus on these two, but again, as we talked about last week, let's let's widen the Im, wi- let's widen our imaginations mm-hmm. and bring in not just these two sons, but let's bring in you know the vineyard itself, totally. right? And let's bring in the one who's sent, right? All of these different players, and uh, that's what I uh, as we were saying earlier, like that's the depth of this of the scriptures is that they're not just limited to one. Mm-hmm, particular mm-hmm. it's not an allegory in that sense totally uh, yeah yeah so and like one thing i've been enjoying about preaching is it's not trying to be clever for clever's sake but just real like in an alexio divina kind of way seeing what emerges as significant to me right and often it may not be at all what is the point of the gospel if there is a point of any of the gospels um so like last week or the one for today as we record um, like the line that stood out to me while I was preparing was, and, it, and it dovetails into the reading for this upcoming week um, was the, when, when, the, when the vineyard owner not in the morning or mid-morning or noon but in the late afternoon I was really struck by this this morning when I was preparing my homily he said 
he went out and saw the people and it's like i can't remember exactly in the english but standing there just standing there at like they've been <laughs> all day just standing there and he says to yeah. them how have you not worked at all today and their response <laughs> and, and i was hearing it in this kind of sarcastic tone and their response was because no one has hired us and I could just see Jesus rolling his eyes and being like, get to work. <laughs> like, do something. Go. And so I preached a lot about how in our baptism, our confirmation, all of our initiation, that was you being hired by God to be a worker in his vineyard. Like, don't just stand yeah. around and do nothing. Like, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, so it kind of dovetails into this week's reading because I could focus perhaps my reading of this text uh, on this is the chance for us to see two different ways of replying to Jesus' invitation to go to work, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Um, yeah, but I, I do feel a little bit like this gospel is a little bit short. So it's hard to, like, it, it can mm. be a little bit, like, easy to just moralize. Right. Well, and I think I've been thinking about this just as you were talking, you know. Yeah, okay, we can talk about, you know, mean what you say and do what you mean, blah, 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 blah. That's fine, I guess, but kind of boring when I think the reality of what he's getting at, and we find it here at the end of the gospel, he's talking about conversion. Mm. Are you having a conversion experience, mm -hmm. right? What happens when you encounter the living Christ? Do you just keep on doing what you're doing or do you, is your heart changed? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's ultimately, I think why the first, the first son was doing his father's will, not because he actually did what he was asked, like, okay, fine. But because but he his changed his mind. Was, exactly. His heart was turned. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's more interesting. <clears throat> right, right. The fact, the word here is change his mind, which is the, I think the Greek is like metanoia or whatever to, to like, that's the word for conversion. Like he had a conversion yeah. and then he wanted to do the father, father's will. Um, yeah. That's good. So here, here's another little detail here that we could tease out. Because um, I think you're right. This This whole gospel is, about the importance of conversion so it's not where you begin it's where you end like mm -hmm. that's that's right. the goal right. um another detail here that may be important um you you like focusing on this and i think it's important in this context too is jesus's way of engaging so jesus goes to the the chief priests and the elders and he says what is your opinion and so mm -hmm. but like i think offhand i can just sort of dismiss it as like oh that's the introduction to this text um or it's like what what kind of like pedagogy is Jesus using here? Like imagine that he actually cares about these chief priests and these elders. Like I think often in my own imagination, <laughs> he's he's just trying to trick them, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Jesus no, doesn't sure. try to trick them. Remember the gospel last week, last week? It's like I'm not trying to fool you. I'm not trying to trick you. And so when he says, "What is your opinion?" He might actually care to know. Um, like Jesus is not just trying to trap them. I think that's what they do to him. I think that's what they do. Exactly. Like imagine how Jesus speaks to you and speaks to me. Mm. Maybe he does want to know what I think about something. Not because, not because he'll change his mind, but because it's important for me to name where I'm starting from so that I can be converted to where, like the goal is to think like Jesus, but mm -hmm. he wants me to name the way I think now, because that's what a good teacher does. It says, okay, all right. We're going to talk about X. What do you guys think about X? And when you can gauge your kids on a conversation about X, hopefully you get them to where they can evolve, but you start where they're at. You know, Jesus is starting yeah. exactly where they're at. Well, and that's exactly what St. Paul is getting at, I think, in, in our second reading. He says, have in you the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how we, 
in a sense, I think that's how we start. Well, after we've had that encounter, right? Uh, now we've encountered the living Christ. Now we must have the same attitude as Christ. And then he goes off in this great, brilliant hymn that we hear so often mm-hmm. um, about his humility and his uh, and who he truly is. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That it's not this lofty, you know, I, c- I can only be perfect. It's like, no, man, <laughs> what happens when you put uh, put on that same attitude? You're brought you're humbled. Mm-hmm. You are, you mm-hmm. are, in, you encounter the Christ who humbled himself being obedient to the point of death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and that's a hard thing to do, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. Haven't you the same attitude that is also in Jesus Christ? Like that's a beautiful invitation for yeah. conversion, you know, is have the same attitude as Jesus. Um, yeah. It's incredible to me that you and I often complain about this, but like they give you a short option where they cut out that hymn it's like that why whole would hymn. You... yeah i wanted what? to ask you about that it's so what? bizarre to me like what now okay you... these these two parts are kind of uh so you've got this and they're both beautiful right yeah. brothers and sisters if there's any encouragement in christ any solace in love any participation in the spirit any compassion and mercy uh complete my joy and by being of the same mind with the same love united in heart thinking thinking one thing like, that's awesome. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Is it a different thought, though? That's what I'm wondering, if that's why they cut it. No, because have the, same attitude, the, second part off. have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, who, yeah. and then this is this is his attitude. <laughs> like, yeah. you want to yeah, know yeah, what yeah. the attitude of Jesus Christ is? Keep reading, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, okay, so I, I, as you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, so not that I'm a, not a big fan. I struggle preaching a little bit on the second reading just because I find myself drawn always to the gospel. Um, but here's here's one thing that, that stands out to me in the second reading that may be maybe a thesis statement for this whole this whole thing. Um, so being of so it says have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. But before mm-hmm. that, it says um, by being of the same mind. So. Mm-hmm. I'm struck by that because it's not be of the mind of Christ, be of the same mind, yeah. which means that you, Jonathan, and mind. me, David, need to have the same mind, which means we need to think the same. Okay. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what's the difference between ideology and conversion? Because... Well, the rest of the sentence. Well, yeah. So that, actually, I think I think the, re- the what, what is the difference is you and me thinking the same is just mere ideology. And we can build... Yeah sort of structures based on sand by thinking the same thing. But for us to go beyond ideology and to actually have conversion is to not just think the same, but to have the mind of Christ. So we think the same right. because we both conform ourselves to the transcendent third, who's Jesus. So you conform your mind to Christ, I conform my mind to Christ, and then we have the same mind. But it's right. not our mind, it's the mind of Jesus. And I think that's an important thing to maybe focus in on sure. when we come to like election seasons and all that. It's like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Are we think are we having the same thinking because we're thinking like like people of our political uh, leanings are or are we all thinking like Jesus would think, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's that's again why St. Paul is so big on this idea of obedience. Mm-hmm. Right? That's you're totally right. You're totally right. When we when we bow our heads at the name of Jesus, we are of one mind. And right. that is how we unite our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how we were, we unite our minds to each other and to Christ. Yeah, we are it's united in, because... It's not yeah. in raising myself up because I'm so great and so smart. 
it's when I bow before the living God <laughs> mm-hmm. that I partake mm-hmm. in that, in that, uh, it, when I grasp just at the hem of his cloak, <laughs> uh, right. I receive so much. Yeah. So I think there could be like a whole homily around and maybe a kind of a subversive homily around mm. not being ideological and saying the cure yeah. for ideology is conversion, but not just conversion in a moral sense, but conformity to the person of Jesus Christ. So like, yeah, having a change of mind. And that's what the whole gospel is about. Like your, your point to your point, it's about it's not just about having done the father's will. It's about having changed your opinion. What is your right. opinion? Right. Is how it begins, you know, which is a great <laughs> political question. You know, right. what do you think about abortion? What do you think about the death penalty? Okay, but what do I think about the death penalty? Mm-hmm. What do I think about abortion, says Jesus, you know? So let me ask you this, Father. Mm-hmm. Is this fair? So I'm looking at the first reading now and struck at basically what we've been talking about. And then oh. the Lord's way is not fair. It is... <laughs> yeah my way that is unfair or rather are you not are not your ways unfair yeah well this is what's going on here (laughs) this is just like this is just like the reading we had from isaiah for the previous sunday which is my ways are not your ways my thoughts are not your thoughts yeah um you know but be renewed by the conversion of your mind saint paul will say in another place you know um but i love that you know the lord says you say my ways are not fair like i just love that that's phrase that way it's like jesus like the lord is saying like oh my gosh you guys keep complaining that i'm not fair but you want to know what's what's actually going on is that you guys because of your iniquity yeah you you are saying this yeah it's you you're the problem (laughs) like (laughs) you know but how often how often do we say god this is too tough this is too hard it's unfair the gospel is too difficult to live no no political see i think here okay i'm getting on a soapbox here but like the political party (laughs) problem is like Catholics even get uh, in the U.S. get very frustrated because like, well, no party conforms to church teaching. So then we concede rather than demanding a better class of politician, you know, like rather than, right, right. you know, instead of saying, well, we got to concede to the worst, to the best of two evils, saying like, no, we deserve a better system. <laughs> why, you know? why, why have we placed ourselves in a situation where we're choosing between two evils? Exactly, exactly. Anyway, so... Yeah, I'm not sure how, how would you work Ezekiel in a little more? Yeah, well, I think what you were saying about ideology is exactly right. You know, we, and, and, I, and I do think it comes down to this question of obedience, this question of submission to the will of Christ, to the will of God. Hmm. Um, because so often all, we always stop at my own, like what I want, what I think is fair, what I have decided is right. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we you and I both just read this really beautiful letter by one of the former father generals. Uh, and in it, he writes about, you know, one of the things that we do so often is fall in love with our own ideas. <laughs> uh, he's speaking to Jesuits, but <laughs> I think it's, everybody it's does that. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that's where ideology comes in. And that's where we start to blind ourselves to, uh, to what, to that mind of Christ that we are supposed mm-hmm. to be uniting mm-hmm. ourselves with. And so mm-hmm. I think there is a beautiful way to talk about, and you're right, it can be kind of a submersive, you know, submersive, <laughs> subversive. Uh, mm-hmm. We can be like subtweeting uh, with this homily, you know, about everything, not just political, you know, whatever, which I kind of find kind of boring anyways, but like. Sure, sure. Uh, like where, 
whose mind do we have? Do we have mm -hmm. our minds? Do we have the world's mind? Or do we have Christ's mind? Yeah, I love it. I mean, I do find that we're kind of like slipping away from the gospel and it's becoming more about a read, the second reading. And then the gospel is a good case in point, you know, because of the changing of his mind. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's how, you know, is that such a bad thing, though? Like the gospel is the is the case study in a lot of ways of these ideas that the other readings are, Ooh, I are like trying that. to to emphasize. Especially since it's a parable, right? And it's and it's yeah, a good yeah. example. Yeah. Cool, man. Any parting thought from you? Uh, no, go pray. <laughs> All right, buddy. Sounds good, man. Till next time. Hopefully we'll have a guest Alrighty. next time. Yeah, yeah. I think we will. All right, dude. Kay. Peace.